A quick note, today's episode contains discussion of racial and sexual violence. Please take care while listening. So do we want to do that? We want to start with invisible work and then lead into this and... Yeah, we can. We're already talking about it. So let's just keep talking. All right. Well, do we want to say welcome? Oh, right. Hey. That's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) You're cute. Welcome to Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and try to make the world more just. I'm Corey. And I'm Laura. And thanks so much for joining us today. So we've got a whole lot we want to talk about on what we think is going to be our last podcast for this first season. We did it. We're so glad you guys have been on this journey with us. Yes, we have loved every minute of it. I think as we said at the very beginning, we already talk. And so if we can record it and someone else likes it, that's a bonus. But we'd be doing this anyway. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. This is kind of how how it looks. Um, so we're so tickled. And one of the fe- one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten consistently over several people is, I feel like I'm talking to you. I like I end up talking out loud back to you in the podcast as I'm listening, but you can't hear me. <laughs> so I feel like we need to create a space where we can. Yes. Yeah. We would love to hear your responses to all the things yeah. in the moment too. Anyway, we're th- we're tickled. We fully plan on a second season, so don't lose heart. Uh, we're gonna be reflective and think about how we can improve, and uh, take a little a little break and uh, and come right back. So stay subscribed. Make sure you're listening, and uh, in the meantime, share some of these backed episodes, this catalog of episodes, with friends. We'd really appreciate that. Absolutely, That's the best compliment. Mm-hmm. All right, so I am very excited because for the first time ever, ever since being a mom. Um, I am going to take a trip this weekend without my husband or kids. Oh, mm. mm. <laughs> mm. mm. yes. I know that's got the Puerto Rico. Oh, oh whoa. Our, the view just changed. I know. Me. Same for me. Um, I must've, Keith must've just left. Bye Keith. See you soon. Um, I, first of all, well done. Thanks. I'm very excited for you and I'm proud of you for doing this because I know that it's not something that you've always prioritized. But it's something that everybody needs. And so I'm really happy that you and these people that you like and care about, your friends, you guys are getting away, having a little girly time. Yes. My cheeks hurt from smiling so much. Like, I'm just so excited. And we're going to do whatever the heck we want. There's not a ton planned. It's the best. Hike, campfire, like chill. It's going to be wonderful. I'm so excited. But in planning for this, (laughs) I have seen with new eyes how much of what I do is invisible to other people, right? Because in order for me to leave, I have to make sure certain things are ready to roll. The new soccer uniforms have to be washed and folded and put away. The, you know, all the things, all the things. You got to get the birthday party present for Saturday and wrap it and order that in enough time on Amazon for Uh it to get here and get the carpool situation figured out. Um, And that's with a really helpful involved partner. And make sure that there are snacks and food and, you know, like... Where's the first aid kit? People, the the children are aware of what the schedule is going to be and who's supposed to be there and pick them up. So communicating with them, communicating them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even having that like time for connectivity with them before I leave mm-hmm. is going to be important from the time I pick them up from school today until I go. 
kind of talking through, framing it as exciting for them too. Here are the things to look forward to this weekend. I can't wait to see you Sunday. That takes some work and some energy and some forethought, you know? Yeah, I do know. So we wanted to talk about this idea of invisible work, invisible labor. Uh, it has lots of different names. Uh, the invisible load, the, the idea particularly that women, but not always women, uh, sometimes it's whoever the primary parent is, um, but the work that we do that sometimes is not factored in <laughs> and certainly isn't monetized uh, or valued with a dollar amount. That's for dang sure. Yeah, that, in, that invisible management of, mm. you know, just like that management of the house, the management of your own work, the management of the kids' things, the management of, it's it's like these areas of management. And you sent me something on Instagram about the load of, mo- of parenting of what being a parent is like. It's like, managing a store right did you send me that one yes mandy our friend mandy from work sent this to us because we were talking about this invisible work idea and she go ahead tell you want to tell what that i I follow that woman and so she's done i will now she's done a couple of them so one of them was like being a being a parent (laughs) is like (laughs) being the general manager of a target and um but you like don't get any days off. But you know where everything is. You know when stock is low, when inventory is low. So when you have to order things, you have to go pick up things. And then you have the kids are like the customers and, and the come in and are like, "Hey, where's my socks? Where am I?" <laughs> and there's no closing the store or getting yeah. away from the customers. Yeah. You have to be there. Yeah, and you can't kick the customers out. Yeah, and the customers are your kids. And the other one she did was like, it's like leading. Becoming an executive in an industry that you've heard a lot about, but you've never actually worked it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like here, here's the most important job you're ever going to have. There's no training. <laughs> there's, there's no nothing, but the stakes are really high mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for them and you, for them and, and you. It's going to take a lot of resources. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of resources. Best of luck. This is your job for the next 20 years, at least. And don't call me. Don't I got to go. There's nobody I'm out. to call. There's no HR <laughs> business partner. There's nobody. No, we are figuring this out together. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So give me, can you talk a little bit about like, like I know recently you were looking at schools and evaluating options for preschool for your little. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but when we had the, the assignment of, like, you know, the assessment kind of day when they bring a couple of the children together and they bring them to the school and they do like the, you know, evaluation play, but whatever. He would, he took him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was on a Saturday. And I was like, I, I think you should do this because we're going to be looking for different things. Mm. And I, I think that your perspective with that experience will be really valuable as a go, no go. Hmm, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. No, that's a good way to share it. Yeah. In terms of anything with school related, if it's a fundraiser, it's a teacher appreciation gift, it's a an email about grades or what's going on about, you know, is this assignment still missing? Anything like that course requests. Now my child is about to pick his classes for the first time next year. <gasps> oh, middle school. Mm, dear Jesus. I know. I'm, he is such a good human. I am hopeful he will do fine and will love it. Yeah. So um, anything with the school is on me. Anything with birthday parties, not only attending, but planning our own kiddos events. Same. Vacations. Same. 
if we ever want to go anywhere, I'm on that. Packing the clothes, identifying, packing my clothes, kids' clothes, diapers, toys, food. Mm -hmm. This will not surprise you. We have a Google Doc for all of that. Of course you do. And that has been my husband, because like that helps to make it visible to him what he can do to help. Yeah. And And so we can both tag team it. He is like logistics packer in terms of like, the Tetris game of how do we get all this to fit in the van <laughs> and the suitcases. I'll make you all the piles. Here's all the kids stuff. Here's all mine. Here's the toiletries. Now make it fit. Yeah. Can you make that fit? And yeah. he's great at that. Oh, nice. So good. You know, one of the things that we, I started doing is I just bought those, um, pouches, those like suitcase pouches. Um, okay. Tell me more. So like it's, you know, six or eight things and they're different sizes and you can kind of, pack the stuff so i everyone gets one. Oh, that's nice so the kids especially for the kids like i have some and then me and the boys each have one um and then i'll just pack their stuff in there and they're like little rectangles and then also this has a term there's a name for these. there is a name for it mm-hmm. i don't remember but that that has been helpful because when we travel i'm the person who unpacks everything when you get there mm-hmm. to live in the hotel mm-hmm. huh okay I don't like digging through suitcases. That is something that, and I'm like kind of a messy person in general. Like if you came into my house, you would think that that is a hilarious thing. (laughs) But I just, I can't, I can't, something about just like picking through clothes out of a suitcase is just something I can't do. Mm -hmm. So I always like, this is so-and-so's drawer. This is so-and-so's drawer. We're hanging things up. The underwear are there. The clothes are there. Even for like one overnight? Well, I never take them on one overnight. Oh, that's true. You got to make it worth it for all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we're going to be gone at least three nights if we're taking them. In that case, here's our new address. We're going to hang the little last name tile on the door because this is home. (laughs) And to be honest, for like, I think we did two overnights for the the big one's birthday. And yeah, I totally did that. Yep. I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't say I like digging through suitcases, but I end up doing it. (laughs) Well, G just got his own suitcase and all he wants to do is travel. I think that is the cutest damn thing. But tickets are so expensive everywhere. But he knows no. the process. He's like, I want to get on an airplane and you can come and Brooke Mama, can come. Mama, just put it on your card. Put it on your card. Pay on like, your phone. And we need to get tickets. We need to get tickets. I love that he knows I that. know. So cute. Now we just need to get them. Yes. <laughs> um. Then there's holiday work and planning for birthdays, like birthday like gifts, gifts in general, right? I always, and I try to involve my husband with it. But it's ultimately up to me to make sure stockings, everything's hung and, you know, stuffed and it's enough. It's equal. Yeah. Each kid has something. And um, but I have to laugh like that feeling on Christmas morning of like, he's not really sure what's we're open in there. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Surprise. It's a surprise for you and the kid. What I got surprise because <laughs> I got it and I wrapped it and I put it under the tree. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, What other pieces of mental work do you feel like? Well, let's talk about, there's another level of kin work. And I don't know, this term I remember learning in sociology as an undergrad. Shout out to all my sociology professors. I don't remember which one of you taught me this class. But it was this idea of not only the logistics and all of that, that's that's one piece, but also relationships and maintaining relationships. Not just relatives, right? As our notion of what family is has expanded. But like keeping friendships alive and going and, hey, let's all initiate. Let's do a cookout. Let's do this. Like that's not something that my husband would do. 
Um, that's just who he is. That's just who I am, right? I enjoy right. it. Mm-hmm. But that's a piece of it too. Hey, we haven't heard from this one and this person in a while. We probably should check in or how's that one doing? Have we sent a card for that? That's something that takes energy too. Uh-huh. Same, same. We have like an annual crawfish boil and that's where we kind of like pull everybody in. Can you talk about this party? <laughs> yes. I want to come. So the hubs is from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually really loves cooking and is a great cook. And there are certain things that he prefers to cook over other things. And so um, he loves the labor of the preparation of the mm-hmm. food, right? Mm-hmm. That's a part he really enjoys. So um, we had our first crawfish boil probably five or six years ago. And um, I love crawfish crazily. I have a weird, well, it's not weird. I have an allergy to um, nickel. And so I have to be very conscientious of mm. how, much, how much shellfish I eat and fish I eat and all kinds of foods that have nickel in them. You Google it. Um, <laughs> I told one of my kids and they were like, the coin? I was like, I mean, the metal in the coin? Yeah, it's in food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love crawfish. And so we have this this annual crawfish boil and the menu for this year is going to be like obviously crawfish and then mac and cheese hot dogs like this is going to be our biggest one we're getting a a moon bounce because there's going to be there are going to be a lot more children here than we typically have Mm -hmm. um and so we're we're going to have some kiddo food adult food adult beverages we i try to do like two signature drinks uh, alcoholic beverages and then like a couple of non-alcoholic drinks and then we've just been thinking about how we're going to set up the space and mm-hmm. you know he did start a costco to do list mm-hmm. so that we can start kind of populating that and if he goes to costco he can get all the stuff oh nice mm-hmm. costco's again costco saves the day all costco the time saves the day for these kind of things mm-hmm. oh you're gonna have the best time then we have like a whole village situation because um, my brother-in-law lives around the corner and one of my besties from college, he and his wife live around the corner. And so like, they're going to bring over all the folding chairs and, you know, like some extra tables. And, oh, you're going to have the best. Time. And we have like wipes on the table and paper towels and, you know, it's, it's it should be good. But so much of this is because you have a party each year because you have a community and that community took work to build, right? And again, lovely, rewarding is things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that is, it takes, that takes responsibility and, and time and energy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it has to, you have to be intentional about it. Even, you know. Do you ask your friends if they have folding chairs before you can be friends with them? Right. Yeah. It's I'm like, going to be you, real intentional. Do you have a Costco membership? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, do you have a giant pot that I can put over an open flame in the exactly. yard? Exactly. Exactly. You're hired. Come on. It's like Sam's or Costco. Yeah. 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 And your answer matters. Yeah. Although if I can get, if I can leverage that across two friendships. Exactly. It's like, it could be both. That's so funny. You're like, wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say you work at a bakery? Come on. Come on. Welcome to the party. (laughs) You like to bake? That's wonderful. You like, you have a moon bounce company? Mm, Do I have a date for you? (laughs) Yeah. Like I've already assigned things in my head to people. I hope that they know. Oh, well, you better get it out of your head and right. on paper and talk um, about it. Right. I'm expecting one of my friends, two two people I know, like one is like my one of my mamas from growing up. She bakes. She makes a really delicious like bunt cake. <sighs> Moist mm. and delicious. Another one. I feel the need to like enunciate every consonant in that word. Bunt. Bunt. 
Bunt. Bunt cake. That makes me think of. Wait, what? No, you. Have you seen my Big Fat Greek Wedding? Oh my God, I love it so much. I just said I want to, I want the kids to watch that with me. Oh yeah. They haven't seen it. I don't know how it's aged. You know, it's one of those, it was really funny 15 years ago. I don't know. We'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about the bunt, 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 bunt. You don't eat meat. I give you lamb. What do you mean you don't eat all meat? That's okay. The man, he's the head. The, the woman, woman is, is the, the neck. neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants the head to go. That was like the best piece of advice I've ever gotten, ever. <laughs> I'm big fat Greek wedding. I love the scene where she's in the travel agency working and she sees her cute beau, not yet her beau, outside. And she forgets she she's on the corded phone and snaps back, falls beneath the desk. God, and Windex on your bug bites? That movie was the shit. There's so many gems in there. It is. Like, yes. so many. Guess what? That's the next family movie night. Thank you for reminding me. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Bunt. 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 Okay. One friend makes really good bunt cake. Bunt. What about the other friend? Um, one friend makes, she just like makes good dessert stuff so she's gonna bring something and her niece i think and her they have a winery so she always brings some wine from yes. there in california she brings some wine yeah so it's gonna be wonderful mm-hmm. okay so we've talked about like mother work and and the invisible labor of the mental load for day to day and like season to season getting your kids clothes ready i have a cart right now i literally have a cart of clothes right now because these pants are just like Mm, you see you know, that, that crack a little more than you want to exactly exactly oh, so cute yeah that's so cute. yeah but yeah and then in to be intersectional about this we should probably talk about the additional labor that happens as a black woman um that you experience that either i don't know about or i'm aware of but don't share because of the privilege that i have in our society that's attached to whiteness well one of the reasons i live in the county that I live in is because it is predominantly black. And so like in my day to day, I have fewer of those. Mm. I have less of that load, right? Because the people who are working at the grocery store, who are in the grocery store, who I'm driving next to, they look like me. Mm. And so this area is, is every time I'm, I'm just like, oh, I love living here because mm. it is a upper middle class, affluent kind of. <laughs> I hear a voice I love. Black community. And so like the people are like aunties and uncles, you know, when we were in the pandemic and there was that I had just had Jay and and um, I nursed him for as long as I could. And then he decided he didn't want to be nursed anymore. Like, so we started on formula, but there was a formula shortage Mm. because this place doesn't care about women and children once they're Mm -hmm. out of the body. They just, you know. There was even legislation around that that got voted down on party yes, line vote for yes. like making sure the supply of formula was yes, adequate. Give yes, me a break. Give me a break. But there was a woman at the grocery store there like you they were limiting how much formula you yes. could buy. And so I think the limit was six and there were like eight. And I had my everyone in my family dispatched looking for formula. Oh. My my family in California my family here like if you guys see it just grab it i'll pay you back whatever and so my my family in california had found some formula and mailed it to me and then there was this formula these eight and that would have gotten me to him being one year old where we could switch over to milk milk so she let me buy it all oh wow and you may not have had that response in a different context i 
I don't know, but I didn't like I didn't have to think about that. You know what I mean? That's the labor. The labor is when things are going well or things are going not as well or somebody says something like questionable or, you know, you're like, you might say, did they think that because I'm a woman? Mm. And I think like, did they think that because I'm black? Like that I don't know or I don't Mm. have the exposure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or because I'm a black woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't take off one piece of that identity, do yeah. you? It's it's both. It's the double whammy. It's the double whammy. And so some of the things that are cognitive labor for you, but you're maybe orienting it around your just your gender identity. I'm orienting it around both my racial and my gender identity a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But in contexts that are dominated by women, I think of it much more as a racialized experience. Yeah. Than because a gender you have that center. commonality, which levels everything, and mm-hmm. then that's the piece that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, to the degree you're comfortable or even want to, do you want to talk about, like, work through an example of what that additional layer of, of work or discomfort or labor feels like in a predominantly white space or in a space where you're not? Exhausting. Hmm. And, and, and now I, I think I'm less... I put less of that work in because it's like, this is who I am. So whatever you're dealing with is on you, but that leaves me sometimes less welcome in spaces, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it also has the potential to lead the perception of like, oh, you're aggressive or, Mm. you know, whatever, whatever the trope is, insert trope here about that behavior that if it was you doing it, it would, be received it might be received differently yeah 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 oh okay so this makes me think of uh what we just saw in the ncaa tournament for women um which by the way was so riveting what a great series that was and as a Hokie fan virginia tech Hokies, it was so exciting to see those girls in the final four did i know them before the final four no i'd love to tell you i followed them all the way through but i don't i am fair weather as hell and it was so fun to celebrate your school on that stage so anyway Obviously, Final Four, that's about where it ended, but it was still very powerful and go Hokies. Um, but and just let's just be honest, making it to the Final Four and the tournament is a humongous accomplishment. Like, humongous. Are we serious? That's huge, humongous. Like, having a championship is amazing, but making it to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, like, these are all the, all the D1 schools in the country. Yes. And you are one of the top four schools in the whole United That's States. Badass. That's badass. worth celebrating. You're right. Hell yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, and I loved the coach was interviewed afterwards and he said, he's like, you know what? I've already won. He's like, I'm the happiest coach that lost the, fi- the finals. Like, I'm so happy because I love these girls. They represented our school well. And like, they care about me too. And that's just a gift. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so sweet. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. Okay. So in this tournament though, we're introduced to some interesting characters, namely two that kind of came to the top of public conversation. One being uh, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, a white uh, white girl, young woman. Uh, gosh, woman. I, I call them kids because they're in high school, but they're right. college. But they're, they're, right, they're right. not. I'm just old. So Caitlin Clark from Iowa, predominantly white school and white team, right? And white player. And then you've got Angel Reese from LSU, who is... Black woman, predominantly black team. Um, and she's from Baltimore, a black community. Oh, that's right. Play, yeah, yeah. Louisiana, but yes, playing, for, hailing from hometown being Maryland. And um, I'll just recap it in case anybody didn't catch the news. But there were some gestures, one where she, the, the girls waved their hands in front of their eyes without blinking to say, like, I don't even see you. 
And uh, another one was tapping their ring finger to show that they were going on to for the next round or mm-hmm. to get the ring, the championship. And these same behaviors, Caitlin and Angel both did these. And I think one actually started it. I want to say Caitlin. It was Caitlin. Caitlin started it. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Caitlin started it. Angel did it in response because, again, this is kind of the posturing in yeah, a game. It's. I didn't say I love it, but like it is what it but is. But it's competitive. Men do way worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about the, the celebrating after a touchdown with the dance? Come on, but, give me a break. Yeah. It's so it's like tra- it's like trash talking and posturing. Um, is it how I necessarily would behave or want my kids to behave on a court? Maybe not. But like all that aside. We have equivalents here of two women, same behavior. Okay. Two women, same behavior. The vitriol that one woman got, I'm going to have you guess which one it was, was so disproportionate and awful. And even on social media feeds of people that I'm not very close with, but saw, I couldn't believe the things I was reading about her from that white women were saying. Wow. I would. Oh, I, I won't repeat them because they they really disturbed me. And it was all, it was not, it was not overt. It was not like, oh, that black girl. It's, it was things about her appearance and her, how nasty she is. And all the things that they say about black women that we've been saying for hundreds of years. It, you could have written, you could have lifted the stereotypes out of this text Mm -hmm. and held it right up. Mm -hmm. And it really infuriated me. Good. Yeah. It should, right? <laughs> it should. And in fact, Caitlin Clark even came to her defense and was like, yeah, no, like this, I didn't take it bad. That was the part that I feel like is the demonstration of how white supremacy narratives work, mm-hmm. right? Is Caitlin and Angel had no disrespect toward each other. No. Right? Like they were both being badass competitors. And they are. They're amazing. But that's what it was. It that's That was the energy between them. Mm-hmm. And other people lifted that out and turned it into something else. Mm. It's not that deep, right? For them, it was not for that them, deep. For them, it was not that deep. But, but it became deep and real for Angel because she's like, this is so clear how Caitlin is being received and perceived. And the narrative around her behavior. Oh, she's just fiery. You know, she gets on us. Ba-ba. It was all a uh, positive uh, framing. Mm-hmm. And yet. Compared to how Angel was perceived, which is why she had to say what she said. She's just like, I did this for girls who look like me. Yes. All season, you guys have had something to say. Even when I win the championship, you still have something to say. It's not ever enough. It's not enough. It's still not enough for you. So this isn't about you. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of her. But that's the labor. Yes. 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 The calling. First of all, feeling it. Feeling it. Being on the brunt end of that. Lifting it up and calling it out. And whatever the implications are moving forward. Another example right out of Tennessee. The three lawmakers who were expelled, well, no, three lawmakers who were threat who were facing expulsion for participating in peaceful protest against the gun lobby, and two were expelled. One was not. The two that were expelled were black men. The one who was not was a white woman, mm-hmm. and she called that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She called that out, and, said, and they this were is- reinstated unanimously. 
But it's like they shouldn't have been expelled in the first place. The whole reason they were expelled was based on racism. Yes. Yes. And yes. And and keeping power for the status quo. Yeah. But it's like, we're just going to kick the Black people out. Mm. We're going to use the bylaws that we created. And we're going to abuse. That we don't apply. That we don't apply to our own members when they do terrible things. Right. Right. And that and that historically, when we have applied it to our own members, it's been a censure at best. But we're getting expelled. Hello, this is like what happens in our schools. Black children, white children, same behaviors. Black children are getting suspended, expelled, arrested. Disproportionately. And white children are, you know, well, people make mistakes. Yeah. He's, we don't want to harm his future. He's young. Oh, he just raped that girl. But he, you know, he's just a, he comes from a good family. He has so much potential. We don't want to ruin his future. Even though we've, even though we've ruined her life. Yeah. You see the headlines on how they describe the, the, again, I say latest mass shooting by the time this airs, sadly. 132 at this point by, on April 10th, it was the hundredth day of this year. And there were 132 mass shootings. It's fucking nuts. And it is not something we need to accept as normal. Um, But but the way they talked about the shooter, the way they talked about the shooter, about what school he went to and where he graduated from and his athletics and all of this, as opposed to a murderer. He's a murderer. A murderer. Right. And we're over here distracted by drag laws and books censoring. Give me a fucking break. What are we protecting from? What are we protecting from? Exactly. Because we colonization, capitalism thrives with people not being informed, right? That's why enslaved people were not allowed to read. That's why a lot of even white poor people were never taught to read, right? There is power in information. Yes. And so the more we can limit and control information, that's how a Holocaust can happen. Yes. Yes. That's how that happens is we limit and control the information. We control what the narrative is. We create fear. We do fear mongering and othering and and propaganda. And the next thing you know, people are not doing what is right. They are operating out of fear. And, you know, Hitler took a page out of the United States books (laughs) in terms of how we were treating Black people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's he took it to another place, but that's what he started with this ideology here. Yeah, the framework is not hard to find, is it? No. And now we see this against our transgender uh, citizens, too. The, these things speak to this invisible labor that we're talking about, right? Like, how do you going out into the world takes work or courage or a, a different level of thinking? So mm. we think about experiences of men and women and you going to somewhere at night, how you behave compared to how your husband behaves, right? The things that you're aware of, the things that you're looking for, Safety, the things, lighting, that, mm-hmm, yes, the things you're the considering, things. where you park, you know, having your keys somewhere easily available, you know, like whatever the things are that like yep. guys, men typically don't think about, but uh, transgender people think about. And black people think about in certain parts of the world. Black people think about in certain parts of the world, in certain parts of the state, in certain parts of the country. 
community, what street they're on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. People with disabilities think about. Damn. Right? Like, you know, I came in today with us thinking we were recording either talking about mental load or talking about racism in 2023. And you just did a beautiful job of weaving that together, didn't you? Because it's not about one aspect of our identity. It's about our intersectionality, who we Mm -hmm. are in all the spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It's like, you know, I was I saw something as like, what what do black women deserve was the question. And then there was like all these different black women who answered. Right. And for me, it's just like I want to just be able to be. Yeah. Breathe, space, exist, live, flourish. Yeah. And like for people to be able to just be like, I'm Corey, you're Laura. You know, and and not qualify my capabilities, my beliefs, my contributions, not assume just to be able to I can show up and the things that are on the paper speak Mm. for themselves. The things that I say speak for themselves. I'm not always having to prove and demonstrate my knowledge and my worth Mm -hmm. in in more spaces than you might have to. Mm. You deserve that. I want to be able to live a soft life. I don't want to ever, I don't want, I'm not a strong black woman. I'm just a woman uh, who happens to be black. Well, and that's a trope too, (laughs) to not support black women. Right. Well, they're stronger. They can handle it, which leads to all kinds of problems and medical outcomes. And oh, geez, don't get us. That's a season two. And even in the workforce, even in the workforce. Yeah. Right. We don't want to hold up the strong women. We don't want to hold up the, we don't want, we don't want any of that. We don't want to set bars. That justify inequality. Yeah. I just want to be a human. I just want to be a person. I want to be a person who has, who struggles, who's not prepared all the time, who's not perfect, whose value is not based on what I've done for somebody lately and what I've demonstrated. It's like, I have demonstrated a lot of things and sometimes I have bad days too. Sometimes I'm not my best self. Sometimes I'm off. Sometimes like my thoughts come to me more slowly. It's not because I'm not smart or not prepared. It's just because like I'm exhausted because the little one was up at five yesterday and the bigger one was up at three this morning. And so like, and I got to handle you people and you're right, 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 and right. all the expectations and the judgments. And I, and I had to mentally prepare to show up here in the first place. Yeah. I had to get my head right before I even got into this meeting. <laughs> yes. We do mm-hmm. not want to hold those artificial bars. We want to say mm-hmm. everybody deserves to be a human and, and humanized and given full dignity regardless of what spaces they occupy and regardless of who they are and what they bring. And again, this is a place where white ladies can show up Mm -hmm. and like call the shit out. Here's how I feel. If we're all sitting in a room together and somebody says something that's fucked up toward me and it gives you a pitfall feeling in your belly, that means you should say something. Mm -hmm. And not a speak for you. But uh, I, I, hey, I didn't like that. Yeah, exactly. A speak for you. Yeah, as in, yes, speak for me from my experience. Your belly is knotted up. Yep. <laughs> and so that's that's your body telling you that something happening in this space is not right. And so you should say something, right? I shouldn't have to uh, both wear the target and be my own shield. No, that's right. No, right? That's, too, that's a double burden. You don't need that. But that's what it is. That's how, That's part of the labor. It's like, not only do I have to be the, do I have to be the subject and the object of this work? So now I get to teach you why what you did was not appropriate, 
what you did to me <laughs> was not appropriate. And that's emotional labor that you should not have to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a lot in a great way. Yeah. But it's like, this is how it feels. Like how you just, your exasperation. <laughs> that's what, excuse me. These that's mental, what Tuesday just feels like for you. That's what these loads feel like. But it's not just me. It's like, right. you have extra mental loads too. I know that your week was insane. Your husband wasn't gone, was gone, right? You had to manage all of the stuff. So like that exasperation you're feeling is something that a lot of people feel because he went to work. My husband goes to work and whatever the fuck ensues while they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) They get off the bus here. Yeah. And yours are in the next room right right there. Yes. It's just like on us to figure out. It's like on us to manage. And that's a lot. Not to mention it's like, we might have a meeting. We may be presenting in a meeting. We may be recording a podcast, right? They don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> yeah. We will somehow figure it out. Here's to all the mamas and here's to all the parents and here's to all the people who are doing what they need to do to be in a space and making their family work. And here's to supporting those people in new ways with new eyes. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Season one. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We did it. Yes. I'm super proud of you. Love you, my friend. Thank you. Love you too. This has been a, an honor. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thanks for coming. From, well, uh, Thanks for joining us for Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and make the world a little bit more just. Until season two, I'm Laura. I'm Corey. Take care. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces or cultivate new spaces that foster meaningful connection. Please follow us on social media to keep the conversation going. We are at Pushing Past Polite on Instagram and Facebook and Push Past Polite on Twitter. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh to Ega of De Inca Designs, and our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Have conversations that matter and make your world a bit more just. <laughs>